Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The first words out of Satan's mouth to Eve were this. Did God really say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? What is he doing? He's trying to get her to doubt, deny, and disobey God's word. That's what our world is doing. It doubts that this is all true. Where did that start? With the first couple in the world. It has never changed. Our world is doubting that this is truth. There was a time in America when there was respect given to biblical principles. Even though the people may not have themselves been Christ followers, they respected the underlying principles of the Bible. Those days are long gone. The Bible and Christians are made fun of or scorned for believing what God says in His Word. Pastor Mark will be teaching about this battle. He will also be talking about the entities behind the physical manifestation of the battle, God and Satan. You'll become more aware of this part of your life, your role in it, and how to be on the winning side. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 as he continues his message, Spiritual Warfare in the Invisible Spiritual World. See, every person is going to live somewhere forever. There's nothing more valuable than our soul, my spirit, where I'm going to live. There's nothing more valuable. It's priceless. You can't put a price on that. Now, I will live somewhere forever. Now, because everybody was born a sinner, that's why Jesus came, to provide for us a solution. And people think, well, really? Yeah. One day, Nicodemus, a very religious Jewish man, came to Jesus and he began to talk to Jesus. And here's what Jesus said. I declare to you the truth. I tell you the truth, Jesus says. No one can see, remember two kingdoms, kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Well, that's my response to people. We're going to teach the word of God. And your goal would be to accept Jesus Christ to be a personal savior. And then you change kingdoms. And when you change kingdoms, you come under the truth of the word of God. We don't come under a denomination that just says, well, we don't need this. We don't need this. We don't need this. We don't believe this anymore. No, that's not standing on the truth. That's being deceived by lies. So look at verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Then Paul says back in Corinthians, so that Satan will not outsmart us, we're familiar with his evil schemes. That word schemes means strategies. Let me give you an example. We're close to the NFL football season and the college football season, even closer. So as you think about this, 
if you know anything about sports and that sport, the different teams, they video every game because they want to see what do they do when they're down on the goal line? Third and five yards. Did they run? Did they pass? And they look at the defense. Where do they go if they line up three passers on the end? How do they cover that? See, they're looking for the what? The strategy, what it looks like. See, if you and I don't know the strategy of Satan, we'll never win. What does that look like? What is his mode of operation? And so Paul says, we're not going to be stupid. Let's discuss what that looks like so that we can fight it. So here's the next no I want you to write. Know Satan's schemes, his strategies. If I'm going to be effective, I have to know how Satan operates. Now, his name, many names in the Bible for devil, Satan, give us insight into these strategies. Now watch this. Here are some of the names for Satan, and you kind of see his strategy. Number one, he's a deceiver. What does it mean to be deceived? It means that you think it's the truth, but you're actually being deceived. If you knew you were being deceived, you wouldn't be deceived. So he's great at that deception. Next, he's an angel of light. He looks good. He would never say to you, hi, you're in my kingdom. I'm glad you're in my kingdom. I've come to kill, steal, and destroy your life so you can spend hell with me forever. He would never say that. No, he's going to say, have your own way, baby. Your truth is your truth. Enjoy life. See, it looks good, but it's wrong. Next, liar. Let me talk about that in a moment. Tempter. Whoa. See, being tempted isn't a sin. Giving in to temptation is a sin. He's the evil one. He's the slanderer. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's always accusing us. And he's our adversary. There's the battle. It's God against the kingdom of Satan. So we see those operations. Now, I'm going to say this to you. One of Satan's most common strategies is tempting, most common, tempting us to sin. He loves to tempt us to sin. Now, God never tempts us to sin. God tests us to grow us. But Satan's always tempting us to sin. Now, where is that temptation happening? The battle is in the... Okay, some of you got it. Good. Because we'll read this armor of God, and it starts with the helmet. There's a helmet. The helmet covers my mind. So the battle's in the mind. Let me show you how that works. Satan can tempt us. We're here. We're studying the Word of God. Now, don't raise your hand when I do this, because you'll feel guilty. Don't raise your hand. But we've all been there. Have you ever been in church, and somebody's teaching? I'm teaching hard this morning. I'm going for it this morning. You know that, don't you? I got energy from the vacation. You say, don't go again, please, would you? (laughs) Sorry. Now, when you think about this, you're listening. And the next thing that comes to your mind, well, I just maybe just made this point. You said this to your husband, your wife, where are we going for dinner today? (laughs) Now, don't raise your hand. I told you. If you look guilty, the people around you will know you. Or, did I leave the roast out to thaw or not? Now, why would that thought come in your mind? Who's trying to kind of put you off the road? Satan. 
all those kinds of things. Or somebody's perfume is fantastic. I got to ask him what brand that is. Now, that's not a guy talking. That's a lady talking. I got to decide what that is. Where does that come from? Say, where did it happen? Right here. So he knows how to play mind games with us. It surprises all of us. You watch something on TV and all of a sudden your mind goes, whoa, what was that? Turn it off. Amen? You're, you're looking on your iPhone and here comes 12 ads. You don't know where in the right like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whatever. How does that get there? He's tempting us. And it's through what? The eyesight, the mind. He comes. The next thing. That's the most common strategy is to tempt us. But the most effective strategy he has is lying. The Bible says this. Satan has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, when did that start? Satan is a liar. He can't speak the truth. He appears in Genesis 3 on our earth. And the first words out of his mouth to Eve. Remember, God had said to Adam and Eve, don't eat of that one tree. You can have all the rest. The first words out of Satan's mouth to Eve were this. Did God really say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? What is he doing? He's trying to get her to doubt, deny, and disobey God's word. That's what our world is doing. It doubts that this is all true. Where did that start? With the first couple in the world. It has never changed. Our world is doubting that this is truth. Right from the start, you see that strategy. But the second words out of his mouth are very different. He says to Eve, you, if you do that fruit, you will not die. What did God say? You will die. He talked about that spiritually and eventually physically. That is a 100% lie. Here's what the next no says. Look at it. Satan is a liar. He doesn't speak the truth. God and his word are always true because God cannot lie. Now, let me show you. Are we blessed to have God's word? Because if I open that one, is that a lie or... Is that really true? What a miserable life we'd have. I'd give up preaching. Forget it. I wouldn't teach you anything. Well, I'm not sure that's really true. We're standing on the truth of God. You know that at our campus here in Avere, under this podium, before we started the church in this new place, I put my dad's old Bible. When I'm up here teaching, I'm standing on the word of God. I don't have to dig it up and go, well, maybe not there, maybe not here. No, it's never changed. Didn't change for my dad, didn't change for my grandpa, also pastor, didn't change for me, and it won't change for you. By the way, it'll never change. It lasts forever, forever, forever. Now, think of some of Satan's lies to unbelievers. Here's one of his great lies to unbelievers. There is no Satan. There is no hell. There is no heaven. Many people in the world believe that. It's a 100% lie. Here's another one. My truth is as good as God's truth. 
You want to believe that, God? Fine. I have different truth. No. How could I understand? When Satan's a liar and he says that to me, that should cause me a little problem right there. He's a liar. Here's another one. The Bible is nothing but man's words. No, that's not what the Bible says at all. The Holy Spirit anointed it. Just use people. It's all the word of God. And the last one is, the biggest one, the biggest lie Satan ever has is this. I'm good enough to go to heaven. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But see, it doesn't just happen to unbelievers. It happens to believers. Here's one. You'll hear Satan say this to you. Maybe you failed. And Satan's going to come to you, and he's going to say this. God's against you. He's not for you. No, all I have to do is turn to the book of Romans, chapter 8. We even sing it. This morning, if you're a Christian, God's for you. He's not against you. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. He's for you. He's not against you. We sang it. We sang it. It's true from the Bible. Here's another one. And you'll see this and you understand this. You'll never be good enough to please God. What is that? That's condemnation. By the way, will we ever be good enough to please God? No, that's true. But that's condemnation. He's just trying to say, give it up. You'll never make it. You'll see at the end of the service, that's wrong. That's a lie. The Bible says in Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't listen to your lie, Satan. I know I'm not perfect, but God's perfect. I don't listen to you. Here's another one. You've sinned too much. Anybody here? Well, I won't say, let me rephrase it. Everybody here has said this. Uh, God, I, I did that, and I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again. Come on. Some of you should have every hand. You should stand. Right. He says, you'll never be good enough. I never will be good enough. But what does the Bible say? What's the truth? If I confess my sins, he'll forgive me five times, and that's it. No, he'll forgive me every single time and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Don't let the lion, Satan, pop into your mind. He will never quote the Bible. He'll quote lies. The more we know the Bible, the more I'm at comfort with serving God. Now, Paul describes this world a little different. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So what is Paul saying? Sometimes it confuses us. Our battle is not against human beings, but spiritual beings, Satan and his demons. Now, it's not about my spouse. My spouse isn't my enemy. My child is not my enemy. Our neighbors are not our enemy. People that argue in a church or whatever and get mad, they're not your enemy. Our boss is not our enemy. And yet Satan does use people to get at us. When we sin, we hold grudges, we, forgive to, for, for, we, we refuse to forgive people. Of course, he uses us. But behind individuals, who's the real enemy? Satan and his demons. Because he's tempted you and he's using you. But it's never the person. Now, remember, if you're fighting with another human being, let me give you a key. In our marriage, in the church, wherever, work, whatever. 
when we fight each other, Satan is always the winner. Satan loves to divide. God loves to unite. So if you're in a place where there's a division, understand who's behind that. The Bible says the church is to do things together. But how many divisions in churches? Because Satan got in. He used the people. The people were not the cause. It was Satan behind them. Would you write this down? No, our battle is not against people, but against Satan and his demonic forces. Remember what we read. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. Now, some of you have pets. They're flesh and blood. A dog is fine. (laughs) But quite often, cats are demonic. They're not human, but they are flesh and blood. No, that's enough of that. Okay, let's go right back to something else. Pastor Mark, go away again, would you? Okay. So with this battle, look at verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Paul is saying, in this battle, we need to know the biblical principles, God's strategy behind this. Here it is. Let me read to you. 1 John 3, 8, the Son of God, Jesus, came to destroy the works of the devil. The purpose of Jesus' coming was salvation, but to destroy the works of the devil. So ultimately, as we sit here today, Satan's power over Christ's followers is already destroyed because Christ's crucifixion, resurrection, conquered the power of sin, death, the grave, and Satan. Already destroyed. Is there an amen in the house somewhere? Already destroyed. So here's what you need to see. You know this verse by heart, 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God, speaking to all of us that are Christians. My dear children, you've already won a what? You've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you, who's the spirit? The Holy Spirit. The spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit, Satan's spirit, that lives in the word of God. Amen. Now here's, I'm waiting for an amen, but look at this last one. Write it down. Know that God is greater than Satan, so Christ followers can live in victory without fear. Let me say a word to you. We don't fight for victory. Write it down. We don't fight for victory. Because of Jesus' work on the cross, we fight from victory. Do you get the difference? Well, I wonder if I'm going to be able to do this. No, it's already won. The battle is over. If I stand strong in his strength, I just go along with him. I don't have to be fearful. 
The battle is already run, but the battle has to be won by obeying God and going by his simple principles. God is all-knowing. He's all-seeing. He's all-powerful. He is defense. He stands against those who come against us, and God helps us stand right here. He just helps us stand and just destroy Satan's absolute devices. Now, I want to give you another word. You won't cheer at this one, but it's important you understand it. In life, as a Christian... Christ follower, there will be times that we lose a battle. Every single person I'm talking to, because we're not followers that are perfect. We're still a work in progress. So I will be tempted. I'll give into it. Unforgiveness, anger, whatever, all kinds of million things. Looking at a person wrong way, lustily. Okay. I'll lose a battle. But because I fight from victory, we will never lose the war. I might lose a few battles, but the war is already won. I'm on his side. I'm on his side. And he's going to protect me. He's going to forgive me when I lose a battle. And Satan's going to go, gotcha. And I'm going to say to Satan, by the way, I don't talk to Satan, but I'm just telling you in my mind, I'm going to say, forget it, you liar. I don't believe a thing you said. Amen. 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 Now, I want us to read this verse together. Everybody nice and loud. Paul wrote this to the Philippians. And I am certain, certain, certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Hallelujah. There is no expiration date on that verse. He is with us. He began a good work. He's going to finish it. I just have to fight in his strength. And we're on the winning team. Now, some of you here, that promise isn't for you. That promise is to a person who's in the kingdom of God. Some of you have never turned your life over to Christ. But I want to talk to you, those of you that have not become a believer yet, or you were a believer and you've walked away from God, you need to rededicate your life today. I want you to look at me. One of Satan's favorite words is tomorrow. God's favorite word is today. Satan will say to a person thinking, well, I need to become a believer. I don't have those promises. I want, I want my sins forgiven. I want, I want to have purpose and meaning in my life. You're right on. But Satan will say to you in our service, right here in your mind, what that guy just said, it's all true. He's true. But another day, tomorrow. But God says in the scripture, today is the day of salvation. This is biblical. Today is the day of salvation. Why? Because you never know when God will speak to you again. You never know. We never know if we walk out here, boom, we're dead. We never know. So today, when the opportunity is here, take it. Take it. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you of the priceless value of your soul. You found out that Satan knows that too and wants to get to you to let him destroy your soul and your life. 
Fortunately, you now know that God has bought your soul with the blood of Jesus. For you and your friends, the vital question is who you're going to serve, yourself and Satan, or God and Jesus. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This wraps up the teaching, Spiritual Warfare in the Invisible Spiritual World. In his next message, Pastor Mark will be teaching defeating Satan by being spiritually dressed in God's armor. You'll discover what the protection God has made available to you is, how to make use of the pieces. You'll be reminded of God's preeminence and his ultimate victory over Satan and his minions. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.